This is Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Vulnerability Matters from the Money Advice Trust. I'm Chris Fitch. Now, if I told you that your grandpa had made the decision to take up skateboarding and was currently headed to the nearest half pipe to attempt a mid-air melon grab, I'm sure you might have one or two questions for him about how informed the decision that was. Our ability to make decisions, whether to take up skateboarding in later life, purchase a new product or move service providers, is something we probably all take for granted. And in itself, that isn't surprising. After all, we all make thousands of decisions each day, including researchers tell us at least 200 daily decisions about food. A severe underestimate in my case, sadly. So this is something that we're all very much just used to doing. However, what is surprising is just how little practical guidance exists on what to do when everyday decision making goes wrong. And more specifically for staff and firms, given the significant consequences that a single decision might have for a customer, just how we can identify and support those people experiencing decision-making problems across our traditional and digital channels. So what can we do? Well, for this podcast, the Vulnerability Matters team have called in Tim Farmer, who is the author of the best-selling book, Grandpa on a Skateboard, The Practicalities of Assessing Mental Capacity and Unwise Decisions, for a bit of advice. A former psychiatric nurse, an award-winning author, an expert witness, and now clinical director at Comentis, the cognitive assessment specialists, Tim cut through the definitions and law that can surround this issue, went straight into the practical action we all need to take, and showed that he's someone who definitely knows his mental capacity from his mid-air melon grabs. Tim! Welcome to Vulnerability Matters. Uh, where in the world are you and uh, what are you up to today? Hi, Chris. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. I'm currently in the Cotswolds looking out at the grey sky with uh, the dog almost barking in the background, the floor being dug up by the builders and my eldest upstairs in bed with COVID. But uh, not all doom and gloom. I've got a great cup of tea. and I'm looking forward to our chat. There you go. A series of uh, informed and perhaps some un uninformed decisions there that we can kind of <laughs> un unpack. T Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you, you've got a background that's steeped in uh, decision making, mental capacity and from a clinical perspective. Yeah. So, Chris, as you, you said, my background is mental health. So I've got over 25 years experience of working in mental health. I've worked all around the world. So Bermuda in the secure units i've worked in australia with the aboriginals i've managed specialist eating disorder self-harm units and with all that one of the things that's really fascinated me is kind of about how people make their decisions about how they they work with that and um you know we, we know in, in in 2008 we had the mental capacity act that, that came in that kind of started to crystallize all that and that really became one of my areas of expertise as as i worked in the field and and things ju just went went from there absolutely and you're at commentis and we'll hear a bit more about that yeah. uh site later on including unpacking some of these laws and regulations around it but let's start right at the um right at the beginning tim so what is a decision well if you were to google it right you would you would come up with something that that said 
something like it's a conclusion or a resolution that is reached after a consideration of the facts. Um, and as you said, we make hundreds of thousands of decisions every single day. But if we can boil it down, when we make decisions, there are, I suppose there are four steps to it, really. There's first of all, we, we look to understand kind of the relevant information and we you know, we might draw on that from a number of sources, from our memory, from, from information we've got immediately in front of us. We then look to kind of weigh that up. So we will look at it and go, well, I, I give a bit of weight to that. I give a bit more weight to that. I, I disregard that. And then we kind of pull that together and say, right, I think this then is the path or the, the solution that I'm going to go for. So it's, it's, it's about those four elements. Often people think about decision-making as about being understanding. But as you said, it's about the understanding, it's about the remembering, the weighing up, and then communicating that, that decision or that pathway that you want to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the, the, the core concepts within that as well is, is relevant. Okay, so you've got to understand the relevant information. You've got to understand or remember the relevant stuff. You've got to be able to retain that, weigh it up and be able to communicate it. Um, but, you know, I think I think there's also a really good um, kind of anacronym, which, Chris, I know you came up with. I don't, want to, I don't want to kind of blow your own trumpet, but it's called Bruce. And I know a number of your listeners might have, have come across this because that adds an extra element to it. It adds kind of the behavioural stuff. And I think when when we start to look at how how people make decisions that's a really good addition that, that we just need to be mindful of so uh, as ever all our guests are contractually obliged to mention something that i've worked on thanks like Tim. <laughs> decision making is really really important then how does it relate to consumer vulnerability can you just kind of latch the two together for us yeah so consumer vulnerability is, is a phrase or a term that, that we see a lot of now often it's linked back to the fca's um uh, kind of definition and, and really consumer vulnerability is about how do we make sure that we don't disadvantage our consumers through um because they're going through something you know it may be a life event a health event um there may be someone around their capability or their resilience that, that's impacting uh, upon their their ability to to engage or, or to make make the decision um I think it's important that we separate out capacity as a different concept to vulnerability, because it is possible to be vulnerable, but not have an issue with our decision-making problem, uh, decision-making abilities. Likewise, it's different to mental health, which, you know, so you could you could have poor mental health. You might be suffering with, with depression or low mood, but actually you might have people around you that are supporting you sufficiently so that you don't become vulnerable and that it's not impacting upon your decision making. Mm -hmm. So we've got three very different concepts there, but at times they do overlap. So there might be, you might be making really poor decisions because your mood is so low, you're not able to remember information that then puts you at risk from, from taking out say a loan or, or, or making it some sort of consumer decision. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So making those distinctions is is really important. The nub of it is because decision making is something that will occur very frequently uh, in our engagement with uh, financial services, 
energy, telecoms, perhaps less frequently with, with, with water, but we're all making decisions, big and small ones, all the yeah. time, including with essential services. We need to be able to identify when someone might be at risk of making a decision that's not informed, which could lead to that harm and that vulnerability to further to further detriment. So that, yeah. that's really, really clear and, and, and important. Now, you're so interested in decision-making that uh, you wrote you wrote a book about it, Grandpa on a, on a Skateboard. Just tell us a bit about that. So Grandpa on a Skateboard um, is really, it's, it's intended as a practical guide to say, look, you know, there's loads of theory out there. There's loads of legal stuff. And and there was there's a real gap between, well, how do we take that theory and put it into practice? And so Grandpa on a Skateboard was written very much from a practical point of view to say, look, this is what the law says, but this is what it means in practice. So this is what you can do as an individual to 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 try and identify if somebody is, is struggling with their decision making process. So, Tim, how do I know if someone has a problem with decision making? What do I uh, look at, look and listen for? In a practical sense, I think your Bruce um, kind of an acronym that, that you guys have got is, is absolutely spot on. So, so the B is for behaviour, um, R is for retention, U is for understanding, C is for communication, um, and E is for... Evaluation. There you go. I'll help you out. You're remembering and recall was a bit slow there. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. So, so these are kind of like our, our core elements. Now, behaviour is a really, really good one because we start start to see you know are they are they looking nervous are they looking anxious are they relying on somebody else are they starting to tell you things uh but actually their actions say they do something else mm-hmm. um now are they able to remember information and one of the key things here is are they able to remember that relevant information can they remember for example how long the contract is or or how mm-hmm. much they're going to have to pay per month mm-hmm. are they able to understand the key elements. And again, this is that, you know, what's the relevant information? Then can they communicate that back? Can they, can they tell you what they're thinking and why they've made that decision? They've been able to weigh that up and, and then kind of that whole explain. And, you know, they're able to, to weigh it up and, and use it. And one of the key elements, I think, for me here is something called the threshold of understanding. And this is vital for you on the front line, actually anyone in your business to know, because if we're talking about, you know, what's the relevant information they need to understand, it's, you know, that's what, that's the threshold of understanding. And what I need to understand to take out a phone contract is very different to what I need to understand to decide where I'm going to live or what I'm going to have for breakfast. So it's their ability to make a specific decision about a relevant uh, item that's under yes. consideration. It's a yes. fantastic. There are consequences. If we don't do this, there are yeah. some obvious consequences, aren't there? Oh, there, there are, and and I think we break. It's easy, it's easiest to to kind of break those those consequences down in, into different areas. So the first of all, the consequences for the consumer, the customer, whatever name you give to them, is that if they are having difficulty with their decision making process and they they lack capacity so they're not able to make that decision yet we allow them to do it we are we are potentially putting them at risk now it might be financial risk um, it might be kind of real physical harm or risk so there's there, there, there's something around the outcomes for the individual they might not be getting the best outcomes and we might be putting them at real risk then there are kind of risks to the business 
Okay? Because if we allow people to make decisions and they're not able to, and they then make some decision that has a legal repercussion on the business, well, there might be the financial risk and there's also the reputational risk. So for, for our grandpa on the skateboard, we're looking at uh, behavior and talk. Uh, is, is our grandpa able to kind of remember or recall important information? Can they understand uh, the decision they're making? Uh, can they communicate their decision and can they weigh up the pros and cons? In terms of supporting then, this isn't yeah. about simply identifying a problem and then saying, right, we stop here. Support is a key element as well. Can you tell us about that? One of the key principles of the Mental Capacity Act is supported decision making. And what that says is that we have to support an individual as much as reasonably possible to be able to make that decision. And then if we haven't done that, we can't judge them to not be able to make a decision. So that might be thinking about how we present the information to them. And then it's also about saying, well, once they've made that decision, how do we kind of support them to, to carry it out? And how do we support them for the, that duration that they might be engaging with us during that time? And that also feeds back to the, the new consumer duty and, and some of the, the, the outputs that, that, that are linked in there. OK, we, we've identified a decision making problem, Tim. What do we practically do in terms of support? How far can we go? We can't expect everybody to go to the ends of the earth. right? We all have our own limit as to how far we can go. So if you're on the phone, we can't expect you to suddenly write them, you know, war and peace. So I think the first thing is to understand where your, your boundary is. I think the second thing is to say, well, what is it they actually need support with? So where is that difficulty coming from? Is it they're not understanding the information? Is they're not, um, you know, being able to communicate it? So what can I practically do? And how do I apply that to the specific area they're, they're struggling with? So it's what we've identified under Bruce. If we've identified uh, an issue with recall, remembering, memory, or with um, evaluating weighing the right portions, we zoom in on that and we're yep. providing support to, to enable a decision to be made? Yes, to yeah. support them to be able to make that decision. Now, okay. we, we, we can't actually make that decision for them. That mm -hmm. has to be them. But it's yeah, about yeah. giving them enough information, relevant information, to be able to make that decision by themselves. Right, Tim, I've got a hard one for you now. It's uh, And that is, how do I go about assessing decision-making problems online rather than face-to-face -face or in a telephone conversation? How, do, how does it work? Well, we know it is inherently difficult. And that's why I set up Comentus, because several years ago, I was looking at the, you know, the whole issue that assessments tend to happen face-to-face, -face, conversations happen over the phone or whatever, but so much happens online where it's almost hidden. So, you know, at Comentis, what, what we do is we identify the threshold of understanding. We create the surrounding question set. We have the logic that sits behind to be able to say, look, are they understanding? Are they able to, to kind of weigh up and use this to then provide you with, a, with a, an outcome that says, yes, they have capacity. No, they haven't. And the way we've done it is it's, it's created in such a way that can be embedded in, in your digital or the customer's digital journey and digital mm -hmm. pathway. So you're following like a series of steps, like the ones that you've mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, not not Bruce, but something like Bruce. You're looking, they're then asking sort of questions to ass assess or look for indicators of a problem and then compiling a, a report or an assessment on the back of that. Yeah. So so we go through that, you know, can they understand? Can they retain? Can they weigh up and use? Can they can they communicate? 
We we look for whether there's unwise decisions in there, all that sort of stuff. And then we provide a definite response. Yes, this person has capacity or, or can make the decision or they can't. And here's a report. And it takes us nicely full circle because you're using this already with the NHS, with care yeah. homes, with medication checks. Uh, so, yes, it takes you back to your roots, Tim. It does, which is great. And I, I love that that kind of crossover um, between between all, all the different sectors. Tim, you've been really practically focused so far. Explain everything really clearly. Clearly, it's a huge area and we've done our best yeah. to kind of compress it. Where should we go to find out more about this? What, what, what should we look up? So I think um, it, it depends who you are, where your level of interest is and and kind of what what your your driver is i personally love all the practical stuff that you guys do in the money advice trust so i'd be saying to people look if you know if you want to know more about bruce if you want to understand more about how i can i can help my my customer kind of open up about things have these difficult conversations then you guys have got loads of really really good resources we've got bruce we've got texas so i'd be saying go and check out your stuff because i think that's great obviously my kids need uh christmas presents so buy my book a grandpa on a on a skateboard um i think if you're looking at a more kind of technical stuff then we've got people like essex street chambers um you know alex Reichs king those guys got some really really good more in-depth resources around the case law um around uh kind of how how that reaches across sometimes into the business side of stuff as well you know into your compliance those risk sort of factors you know your legal teams I, I very much say go to those um and and generally you know there are other other places such as kind of online resources community care mind um age uk all these have got some really useful kind of sources of information about how you can practically help and, and support and apply these mm. these kind of technical principles to your 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 day-to-day -day interactions and, and supporting your your customers to get the best outcomes tim thank you very much for your time a pleasure to have you on chris it's been an absolute pleasure and that was tim farmer do go track down Grandpa on a Skateboard, uh, Tim's book. It's a great read. And Tim actually promised that if enough people were interested, he'd even consider a follow-up banker on a skateboard. Well, at least I, I think that's what he said. For those of us working in financial and other essential services. And if all this talk of decision-making has whetted your appetite for more, you'll find some helpful guides on mental capacity at the following address, www moneyadvicetrust.org.uk slash vulnerability and although i know it might sound strange the car dealership guide is a good one to start with as it really lays out much of what tim was practically talking about in a very clear style and if you like that yes there's more and you want to spread the word amongst your colleagues there's always the money advice trust e-learning on mental capacity and decision making which i had the pleasure of writing right one last thing friends you do have a chance to ask Tim Farmer any question you like about mental capacity, and that's hanging in the air, tantalizingly, just like Tony Hawk's doing a 720. So send me your question right now. It will take you 20 seconds. Uh, you can do that via LinkedIn, just search for Chris Fitch, or on Twitter, where I'm at Fitch underscore Chris. And the best question of the bunch will win a Vulnerability Matters mug 
with each mug sporting a unique design that is certain to turn heads and win admiring glances all around you down at the corporate skate park. Okay, I think that's about it for today. I hope you enjoyed, Tim. But until our next conversation, keep on practicing your ollies, keep up the great work, and keep on remembering that vulnerability matters. Vulnerability Matters was produced by Mandy McGreevy and Phil King and brought to you by the Money Advice Trust.